that Pastor Mark shared in our uh, vision for the, for the year, and it was to live with an attitude that obstacles are there for your growth. Think about this, one thing is certain for uh, this year, 2021, and in fact every year that rolls along, obstacles will come, problems will strike, disappointments will happen, setbacks will occur, unfairness will visit us, but they don't need to stop us from living. Amen? See them as a growth vehicle. This is what Pastor Mark encouraged us. The more obstacles you overcome, the more you grow. And how you see the obstacles determines how much they will affect your life. Let me pray as we open the Word this morning. Lord, we thank you for your Word. We thank you that it's alive. Jesus, we thank you that you speak to us through it. We thank you that it's got answers, that it's filled with love for us, to unlock us. God, that's what I pray this morning. God, that we'd walk out of here different, changed, closer to you, more like you, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Obstacles. You know, it's often uh, that concept of obstacles that actually stop people from coming to Jesus. You know, all of these barriers, and they, they start to try and think, you know, well, how could this, you know, how could this be? They grapple with the concepts of Christianity. You know, the big questions like, well, why do, why do good things happen to bad people? Well, I could ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do, why do good things happen to bad people? You know, you can always flip things around and start to think about life a little bit differently. You know, well, who decides who is good and who is bad? You know, why, you know, if we don't like bad things happening to good people, we shouldn't also like good things happening to bad people. That doesn't seem very Christian, does it? You know, the very, that very notion of good and bad, of right and wrong stems from the fact of a higher power, that there, there is a need for morality in life, you know. The simple fact is that we actually have a real enemy that really hates us. I'm not, I'm not talking about us, Christianity, as Christians. I'm talking about us as humans. The enemy hates humans. Why, why, does, why does the enemy hate humanity so much? Because God loves it so much. God loves people so much, so the enemy hates us so much. We also have a flesh. The Bible says our heart is desperately wicked. You know, we have a flesh that we hurt people, don't we? We, we do bad things to each other, often to ourselves. We, we, and we, we think, well, but I'm a good person. Well, we're not always good people. <laughs> I do bad things to, to people and uh, I feel bad about that. It's terrible. I think, hey, Joe, how could you? It's wrong. Think about this though. Remember, Romans 5.8. Let me show you this verse. I love this one. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That is a concept to, to understand as Christians. <laughs> while we were still sinners, Christ came and died for us. So we don't have to get it right for God to love us. We don't have to get it right for God to use us that's what the enemy wants us to think, that we have to, you know, we have to be perfect before God will use us. That's so not true. Look at the Gospels. Look at, look at the Bible. Look at all of the stories from literally start to finish. The people that, that God used, you know, you start feel, feeling like, well, God can't use me. You know, look at the evil I think. Look at the evil I do. Look at the mistakes I've made. Look at the regrets I carry. Well, just look at a few of the, a few of the people from the Bible, 
It's, uh, look, we shouldn't compare, but it might just encourage you a little bit that uh, you're doing all right. <laughs> you know, I don't see, uh, you know, you guys on rooftops uh, checking out some other husband's lady and, uh, and then inviting her over for a little bit of, um, you know, roast lamb and, uh, <laughs> you know, and we won't say any more. And, uh, and I don't see you trying to cover that one up, you know, by killing the dude. Like, <laughs> we shouldn't compare, but you're doing all right. <laughs> Come on. God showed his great love for us by sending, he sent Jesus while we were still sinners. If we could do it without him, the cross would not be needed. But the cross was needed. The cross is your proof that you can't do it alone. You need Jesus. Obstacles. Obstacles are an opportunity. That's how, I, that's how I want us to approach that this morning for the message. Obstacles are an opportunity for growth. How we approach life is how we'll enjoy it. You know, growth is something that God wants for us. He doesn't want us to stay, you know, weak. He doesn't want us to stay as babes, milk to meat. Iron sharpening iron, growth, development, growing. Even Jesus went through it. 12 to 18, we have one verse in the whole entire Bible that says what Jesus, the Son of God, did from 12 years to 30 years old. 18 years of his life, one verse, that's it. And it says this, and the boy grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God, in favor with man. So if it was good for him, it's good for us. Let me show you this passage. Romans chapter 5, verse three to five, just a couple of verses earlier, it says this, we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. It doesn't say we will. It says we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. I'm sure you've heard the, the saying, no pain, no gain. Come on, endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope salvation it's almost like this this line upon line this this you know stepping up sort of concept here problems come they develop endurance and then endurance develops strength of character and then in character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment amen come on there's a there's an eternal life that you and I are going to get to live like don't ever lose sight of the big picture there's an eternal life that we get to live because of Jesus. This hope will not lead to disappointment. You're a Christian. you got so much good in store for you. Like the the little snippets we get of the time with God now, it it is nothing compared to like, you know, kicking back forever and enjoying. And it's not just going to be, you know, worship and pie in the sky. Like we're going to do stuff. You know, the more I think about heaven, the more that the Holy Spirit unlocks, like, there's going to be work to do in heaven, but we're going to enjoy it. There's going to be stuff to build and homes to live in and people to catch up with and, you know, all of the amazing people to hang out with over the years, not just from the the historical Word of God, but all through the generations and all of these, these, you know, amazing gifts that we've got and talents. They're not just for now. There's so much more to come. We know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Remember, Jesus is not just the initiator of our faith. He's also the perfecter. So obstacles come. God is the one that we need to hold on to get us through them. So how do we deal with obstacles? How do we deal with barriers? How do we deal with 
the uh, interesting person in the workplace, <laughs> the difficult person in the workplace, or the difficult boss that we might have, or a difficult relationship, or, or a, a, a prayer that has not been answered yet. How do we deal with these obstacles that we all go through in life? I want to start unlocking this and unpacking this by sharing an illustration about a pearl. And uh, I'll start the story in Mexico. I got to do a mission in Mexico one time, and uh, we drove one day, it would have been around five, six hours, uh, out over onto this island that had only the previous year, so I was there in 2010, only the previous year had they got electricity. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Eh? So 2009, they got electricity on this island. Mind-blowing. We drive out there ages to go, and uh, the missionary that I was with, um, he was like, yeah, yeah, we've got to go out there. Um, you know, this, this guy, I, I met him in a store, and he got saved and gave his heart to, to Jesus, and uh, so I'm going out, we're going to do church with him. I'm like, oh, cool, awesome, it'll be good to go to the church there. Church consisted of him, <laughs> one man, and uh, this missionary was so excited that he had got one man on the island saved, because he's like, it just starts with one. What a great attitude that is. You know, missionaries are up against obstacles uh, all the time. So, uh, but we're missionaries. We're local missionaries. We're missionaries to the people around us. So anyways, we get out there. We've driven five, six hours uh, to do church with this man. We get there and we can't find him. <laughs> we're looking in the house. We're literally walking around his property trying to find this guy. And we're like, you know what? Let's just go chill on the beach because it's an island. So we went and sat on the beach and uh, I'm like, oh, this would be fantastic, you know. And then we see the guy, he's fishing, he's out in his boat like ages away. And so what does he do? He doesn't row in, he just gives us a cheeky little wave and just keeps on fishing. I'm like, what is, what is up with this guy? I'm like, oh, well, you know, missionary life. I'll just kick back and enjoy the beach of Mexico. And uh, look, it was, you know, a little moment of peace in that crazy, crazy, scary time that was uh, while I was over there. Anyway, it was about two hours later. He decides he's done with his fishing, and he rows in, and, uh, and then doesn't come over and say hello yet. No, just starts scooping stuff out into this wheelbarrow. And then he gets his wheelbarrow and comes up past. He's like, oh, come up to the, to the home. And, uh, you know, I'm like, you know, introducing myself, and I forget how to do that in Spanish. But anyways, uh, I was Ombrero Jose. It was like Brother Joseph. And uh, he proceeds to take us around the front of his house and he shows us what he was fishing. It was oysters for us. I'm like, oh, I love oysters. <laughs> You're a good guy. You spent two hours getting oysters for me. What a man. And he's, he's cracking them open and it's like some lime and chili there. And so we're like, we're down and I'm like, this is so good. And, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 like, man, this is like a lot of oysters here. We're going to eat all of them. And uh, he just keeps going. And the missionary had told us, wherever we go, whatever we do, you eat what's set before you. I'm like, oh, I sound like dad. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's all right. My whole childhood, I got this. So, man, we're eating these things. Like a massive bucket full of these things. And he is cracking them. And we're just down. Oh, muchas gracias. Oh, muchas gracias. We're eating it. He stops halfway. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I love oysters, but not that much. There's so many oysters. He stops. I'm like, oh, good. Thank you. You could have the rest later. And uh, he cracks one open, downs it himself, and then proceeds to make us eat the rest of the bucket. 
he stopped only to give himself one. I'm like, this guy is unbelievable. Anyways, you know what else oysters do? They're not just good for eating. They make pearls. Oysters, clams, and mussels. They make pearls. How does it happen? Tiny little irritant, generally a piece of sand, finds its way into the animal. And to deal with this thing that's itching it, you know, like you've got to itch sometimes, just annoying. So this little piece of sand or dirt, whatever it is, goes into the animal. And then because it's annoying, it starts to coat it with saliva and calcium, layer upon layer, layer upon layer, until a pearl is formed, a beautiful pearl. What, what is a problem for this animal, it turns it into a pearl, something beautiful, something sought after. You know the pearl is the, the only gem known to man that you can't cut? All the other gems, you can cut them, refine them, but the pearl... It's perfect as it is. You can't cut it. It deforms it. It destroys it. It shatters it. Let me give you a couple of truths from pearls. A pearl is a product of suffering. A pearl is formed from worthless matter. Think about that. A pearl grows gradually. A pearl is hidden work. It's not seen until it's revealed. A pearl is valuable when finished reflecting light it's something that that we like to look at when we allow a problem to overwhelm us or consume us that's what becomes a central focus when an obstacle comes and we start to try and work through it deal with it and we allow it to then to start to take up or take out of us or take away from us we lose sight of the opportunity for a victory there's always a victory in every problem. It's just around the corner. You know, you have something come across your path, you, you're one decision away from setting it on a trajectory for victory. One decision away from seeing something good happen, a pearl in your story. So, what stops us from seeing this happen? I think it's two things. When we give in to our flesh or when we give in to the enemy. When we give in to our flesh or when we give in to the enemy. So I encourage you this morning, don't stop yet. Don't stop yet. You see a problem come in, don't stop yet. Something starts to happen, don't stop yet. I want to jump into a couple of stories and you know them well. I'm not going to read them, but I'm going to throw the pertinent verses up on the screen behind me. I want to focus on some wisdom that we can attain from three gospel moments. The first one is in Matthew 20, and it's the, the blind man, blind Bartimaeus. Jesus has uh, come into Jericho, uh, he, he's uh, done some awesome things there, and he's come out of Jericho, and then the, these blind men are sitting there, and they, they, they hear that Jesus is coming by, so they start crying out, Son of David, have mercy on us! And the what does the crowd do? The crowd turns around and yells at them. says, shh, be quiet. Leave the master alone. Let him, let him get by. So what do they do? They yell out all the louder. They start yelling and yelling and yelling until they get the attention of Jesus. And Jesus stops. And the story goes on. He, he says, you know, well, bring that man over here. Bring them here. And they come over. Jesus asks them, what do they want? They ask for their sight. And Jesus heals them. Let's unpack that. Jesus is coming. 
He's performing miracles. He's a massive crowd. He's on a mission. He's, he's off to the next destination. These two guys hear about him. In a couple of the version, uh, a couple of the gospel stories, we know one of them is blind Bartimaeus. So they start yelling out. There's an obstacle in their way. There's commotion. There's lots of stuff going on, but they know that the guy can do something. They've heard about this Jesus. They know he can do something. So they're yelling. Second obstacle jumps into the story. The people yell back at them. Now, not only are they blind, probably the first and biggest obstacle. Second, there's this massive crowd, there's this commotion, there's this rushing, so they, they've got to now yell to overcome that. Now the, the crowd is yelling back at them, quite rude, you know, cut a guy a break, you know, in my opinion. But no, they're yelling back at this guy, you know, be quiet. So now another obstacle, at, at what point do you give up? I want to encourage you, don't stop yet. Because was it, well, I'm blind, Jesus doesn't have time for me. Oh, there's a massive crowd, I won't bother him. No, don't stop yet. They're, oh, they're yelling back at me. All right, I don't want to cause a scene, you know. Don't want to cause a scene. <laughs> I was going to make a bad joke then. <laughs> don't? Okay. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> oh, I can't not now. <laughs> so many people are so worried about what people might think about them, what they look like. Well, these guys wouldn't have known, would they? <laughs> So I told you it's a bad joke. Oh man, it's a bad joke. (laughs) They would have have no idea what they look like. Anyways, obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. They could have given up at any one of those points. But they decided they weren't going to stop yet. They weren't going to stop until they got what they were looking for. Come on, there's probably some stuff going on in your world. I want to encourage you, don't stop yet. Don't stop yet. Next one I want to uh, come around is Mark chapter 5. This one's the woman with the issue of blood. And uh, again, I won't read it because you've probably heard a thousand times. But this woman has had an issue of blood for 12 years. It's awful. She's tried everything, it says. She's tried all these different options that the, the world has on offer for her. And she hears again of Jesus coming by. And so she decides, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. I, I know this healing in the wings of the father if I can just touch the hem of the garment I'm just going to push through okay she's got an issue she shouldn't even be out in their culture she was unclean she wasn't allowed to touch anyone if she touched anyone then they were unclean and trust me there was a process in that culture to become unclean and so she's like I don't care obstacle out of my way crowd out of my way I'm going to push through until I can touch the hem of Jesus You've got to push through the obstacles. Don't stop yet. She could have stayed home. Uh, it'll probably just be like all the other things I've tried. Uh, there's too many people. I'm unclean. I'm not going to be able to get through. Uh, it's just, it's too much of an issue. There's too much going on. I won't do it. She decided in that moment, there's victory in that man. There is something that I need that he has and I'm going to get it. And she pushes through until she gets it. Luke chapter 19, last one. Zacchaeus, my favorite little man. I thought I was going to be like Zacchaeus. I was so short in high school. (laughs) I tell you, I did not grow until I finished school. I mean, it's like, Jesus, that's awful. Like, (laughs) man... 
God. Everyone else is like shooting up around me. Mm-mm, not me. Has to wait till after high school. I mean, I had red hair and freckles. That was enough, Jesus. Now I'm short. It's like it's not a good combination in high school. You know, I, I bump into quite a few people that I went to high school with now and they look up to me. It is fantastic. It's fantastic. My nickname was Little Joey. I'm not so little anymore to them. So anyways, Zacchaeus' story, you can see it up there again on the screen. He hears of Jesus coming by. Again, there's another massive crowd, these crowds. I'll deal with the crowd in a minute. But there's this crowd coming by. So now there's a crowd. All of them, by the way, hate him. So this guy's got a few extra obstacles in his way. He's like, do I show my face? Do I not? Like, you know, it's like a little Matthew vibe. If you've seen Chosen or watching the Chosen series, like, you know, he goes in the, goes in the cart and uh, with the blanket over him because he's fearful that someone's going to mess up his little Gucci robe or whatever. And so, so Zacchaeus is scared. That's an obstacle. Fear. Hey, come on, that's an old school. There's a crowd, there's this commotion, and then the poor guy has a height. He's vertically challenged. And, uh, but what does he do? He sees a tree. Oh, well, I'm dignified. I can't climb a tree. Like, nah, Jesus can, you know, surely Jesus would want to meet the chief tax collector in this region. No way, Jose. Like, this guy knows if he wants a chance to just get, he didn't even want to touch Jesus. He just wanted to see him. How crazy is that? You have a whole generation out there that they're looking for something. They're looking for something. So, so Zacchaeus climbs up this sycamore fig tree. And he's just hoping maybe Jesus will notice me when he walks by. And as we know, Jesus came for that man. Jesus came to save that man, the story, the unlocking, the, the gift that was locked up inside of him that was then given to all of the people around him. It was awesome. Let me deal with the crowd. Don't be the crowd. Don't be someone who blocks someone from Jesus. Don't be someone who blocks, be someone who brings people to Jesus. Don't join in the crowd mentality. Don't go with the flow. It's not cool. <laughs> As much as people like to fit in, don't fit in. Don't go with someone. If someone's hurting someone else or someone's gossiping about someone else or, or, or there is an obstacle or barrier between someone and Jesus, don't join into that crowd. Be someone who brings people to Jesus. Be someone who shows people Jesus. Well, I wanna, also want to encourage you with this. Don't let the crowd stop you. Just because everyone else is doing it, be a Noah, Be a Peter. Get out of that boat. Be the one who's going to walk on water. And and then all the other boys be like, dang it, I wish I got out of the boat and got to walk on water. Like, be the guy who gets in the boat and gets saved. Be the Noah. Be the Peter in your generation. Be the Esther who stands up and goes into the, the king's throne room. Don't let the crowd stop you. Really, an obstacle is just another opportunity for you to see another miracle of God in your life. Come on, there's more good around the corner for you. You know, Colin, I really want to encourage you this morning. There's an obstacle in your life at the moment, but there's good. Don't stop yet. God wants to tell you this morning, don't stop yet. There's so much more around the corner for you. Keep pushing, keep loving, keep serving, keep doing, keep being Jesus to the people around you. Don't stop yet. Let me encourage you. Come on, don't stop yet. Keep pushing through. Don't put it on someone else. 
We're not fighting people. Let me show you this verse. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Humans are never our enemy. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Come on, we won't be able to blame others when we stand poor Jesus. We, we will have to give an account of us, of our decisions, of our life, of what we use, the talents that he left us to use. So be a person of faith. Be a person of faith. Be someone who sees an obstacle and, go, and goes, oh, not another one. No, no, no. See it and go, oh, another one. Like, another opportunity for growth. Come on. We can rejoice. We can rejoice when an obstacle comes because there is victory on the other side. Let, let me illustrate this one a little bit practically. Uh, Clive, can I get you to just stand up here and help me, please? Thank you, my man. So, Clive, you did such a good job of being Father God uh, last time, so you just stand there, but you're Jesus this time. So, uh, Jack, Tiana, Jeremy, uh, whole front row, uh, Jesse, you can jump in, just stand in front of uh, Jesus there, and uh, you guys are the crowd, and uh, so this is me, this is you. So, you know that there, you know there's something there, you know there's something good. You know that there's something inside Jesus. You know you need him. You know he's got the answer. But, there, but, you know, there's a lot of issues between, you know, you seeing victory in your workplace. There's a, there's a, lot, of, a lot of issues. You guys are all the issues. You're the crowd of issues, crowd of obstacles, crowd of problems. You know, and so you've got to decide at what point do I stop? Because if the woman who is pushing through the crowd and she, she manages to get this part, does she get to hear and go, nah, there's, it's just too big, the, the, the problem's too much, you know, or do we, do we manage to, oh, you know, no, I'm not going to gossip this time, I'm not going to backstab this time, you know, no, no, I'm not going to do that, no. oh, now they're, now they're, you know, putting me down because I don't come to Friday drinks and get drunk with them, I just have... Uh, lemon, lime, and bitters, Christian alcohol, and, uh, you know, and <laughs> all these, <laughs> you know, and so I got to decide, do I, do I just, uh, no, uh, I will have, I will have a couple, <laughs> I will have a couple, or do I go, no, no, there's more for me, there's more for me, because when alcohol starts to destroy this one's life, they're going to come to me, they're going to come to me because I'm, I'm willing to push through even the ones that resist and I'm going to get through because this is what I need. Just the hem of the garment. Come on. Amen. You guys can sit down. Come on, don't stop yet. Don't stop yet. You, you, might, you might think you're at the start, but you might just be one more obstacle away. You might be, you have to, you, it just might be the last person that you have to push through. When you're pushing through the crowd, it might just be one more night of prayer before you see what you are believing for and hoping for to happen in your world. Come on, Jesus wants what you want way more than you want it. Jesus loves the people around you way more than you love them. Come on, the ones that you're, you're believing for, the ones you're fighting for, the ones you're praying for, the ones you're beseeching heaven for, the cross is there to prove to you that he loves them way more than we do. And he is fighting, he is knocking, he is hoping for this generation to come to him.
You know, it was, it was when each of these people chose to overlook the issue in front of them, to do something about the issue, to do something. And what did they do? They did it by fixing their eyes on the, on the mark, fixing their eyes on Jesus, fixing their eyes on the goal, fixing their eyes on victory waiting for them, and they were willing to do anything to go and get it. Come on, be a person of faith like that. Galatians 6, 9 says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't focus on the crowd, focus on Jesus. Don't focus on the wrong thing, focus on Him. Focus on Jesus. Focus on what He can do, not what you can't do. He's got the answers, He's got the victory. Bible says, 1 John 4, 4, you belong to God, my dear children. You belong to God. You've already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit that lives in the world. Come on, you've heard that quote, a greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Come on, you can get through this. Don't stop yet. Don't stop now. Don't stop yet. Keep pushing. Keep going until you see your victory. Keep praying. Keep getting on your knees. Keep, keep working at it. Keep, keep doing good. Don't get tired of doing what is good. You're going to get it. You're going to get the harvest. You're going to get the harvest. We're going to see a harvest. We're going to be part of the harvest. Come on. You know, there's one last story that I want to read to you, and I do want to read this one. If you can throw that one up on the Screen, thanks, Connor. Luke chapter 5. This one was a corporate effort. I like this one. One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat as their friend. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the, there it is again, the crowd. So they went up on the roof. I love this, obstacle, crowd, issue, but they know that Jesus has the answer. So do they give up? I oh, will wait for another day, wait for another moment. No, today is the day. They go up onto the roof. They took off some tiles. I'm like, we don't ever mention the guy who owned this place. It's like some hole getting exposed in his roof. But hey, it was for a good cause. They start ripping off tiles and, you know, moving stuff away, breaking stuff open. You know, it's not just a few either. You think about this. Check out what they do. They lowered the sick man on his mat into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. I mean, so it's probably, it's a little bit of strategy here from the four boys too. They're like, all right, once you get a, a, a picture, like make sure, you know, it's probably, okay, if he's there, if we go up on that part of the roof, we'll probably be able to get our mate right down in front of Jesus. And so they're working together. It's a team effort and they get up there and then they, they, they start moving stuff over and maybe it wasn't the right spot. So now the hole's getting bigger and bigger. It's got to be big enough to lower a dude on a mat. You think about that, a man on a mat, and they're lowering him down. Like, can you imagine the commotion? It's like, if I, if I was the owner of the joint, once the first tile was up, I'd be like, guys, just make some room so these guys can come back down and not destroy my roof. But they get him in. They get him down. And check out this. This is fascinating what Jesus does. Puts him right in front of Jesus' feet, seeing their faith. 
not, 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 not the man on the, the mat's faith. Seeing the four boys' faith. That's you and I. That's the type of people that God wants us to be. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, not, not you are healed. Look at what he deals with first, because this is more important. Young man, your sins are forgiven. Even if healing doesn't come, we'll all be healed in eternity. We will all be healed in eternity. People's right-standing relationship with Jesus is what needs to be our number one goal in life. That's the priority of life with Jesus. And Jesus does what's most important first, young man, your sins are forgiven. Look at the response of the crowd. The Pharisees and teachers of the religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking like that. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? If this is a real question, I'd be like the first one. (laughs) I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home, praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. I get the band to come back up, please. Can I encourage you, what looks like a setback is actually just a setup to success in your life. Time and time again, Old Testament, New Testament, the setbacks that God, yes, allows in our life. God doesn't cause bad. God doesn't do bad. That's our flesh. That's the enemy. But what we go through, Jesus says, hey, It might look like a setback to you. Just on the other side, from my point of view, like we're looking up and we're seeing this massive mountain of an issue. And your heavenly Father is looking down at you and going, well, from my point of view, it looks pretty easy for me to just take you from here to here. Come on, if there's a setback in your life at the moment, it's probably just God setting you up for success just around the corner. Come on, don't stop yet. Don't give up on your relationship with Jesus. Come on, there is so much more for you. Don't give up on your friends. Don't give up on your family. Don't stop yet. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep pressing in. Come on, don't give up on this region. Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on that thing that you've been holding on to. I know all of you are holding on to to God for something. Don't stop yet because just on the other side, just through that last push, just in that last prayer, you're going to see it come through. There's breakthrough and victory in Jesus Christ. That's where it is. It's It's not by giving up. It's by grabbing the hand of Jesus. It's by just grabbing the garment, the hem of Jesus, by spending some time with Him again, with your Creator, the one who loves you, the one who came for you. Don't stop yet. Have an attitude of Christ. Think about this. The crucifixion was an obstacle. It started the, the, the mental game, the emotional wear down, the, the, the sweating of drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. This was a real deal obstacle for our Jesus. 
And he has to get through that and get through the, the mocking and the beating and spitting and, the, and the, the, the denial and the betrayal of his best friends. And, and then he has to get through to the point where they whip him and beat him beyond description. So much so the obstacle comes against him to do what he wanted to do. He was doing it for you. He did it for us. He couldn't even carry his cross the whole way. He was so weak. Obstacle. How many of you are thankful this morning that Jesus didn't stop? He didn't stop at any of those points. Come on, He made it all the way to the top of that hill. He made it all the way through the the crucifixion. He made it all the way through the grave and up again just for you and I. Come on, don't stop yet. What may be going wrong in your life at the moment may not be good, but God can make it good. Let me show you this last verse, Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Amen. Come on, that's who God is for you. That's who God is for you. Would you stand with me?